Welcome to another Milk the Clock podcast here on Bus Coverage. Paul is in Omaha again. He's not traveling this month. It seems like he's been home lately. So that's good <laughs> news for us. We don't have any uh, issues with phones in the car or anything like that. And uh, Paul, what's going on today? Yeah, you know, uh, no weird road trips. I've planted roots, you might say. I haven't traveled for a couple weeks. And uh, and it's a good thing because today we're going to talk to uh, former Major League Baseball MVP Mo Vaughn, famed uh, during the success of his, his time in Boston as a Red Sox. Yeah, what is Mo pitching? Um, he is pitching a new clothing line that he launched, his first ever fashion line, MVP Collections. All right, I saw this. I just saw the email you sent me. And I like that Mo is still in the clothing, you know, he's in the clothing world now. He's been in the trucking industry, so I'm going to I'm going to try to tackle uh, how he got into the clothing industry from the trucking industry. Uh seems a little odd, but he has his hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's actually been a successful real estate guy. We'll have to ask him if he's a mogul yet. He's bought a lot of properties and rehabbed them in New York, so he's doing a lot of stuff. All right. Uh that's coming up. What else is uh, what else is on the agenda? Anything? Man, the Olympics is finally over. Have you have you come back to Earth yet? Has your life resettled? I, so many people hated the Olympics, but yet now that the Olympics are over, we're stuck with Little League World Series. So <laughs> it it's like, why would you want that kind of controversy? The Olympics full of controversy every day. Why would you want that to end and then go to twelve year olds playing baseball? I've had enough Lochte Gate. I thought okay, I'd that's, rather that's fair. I'd, I'd rather hear a hundred Ryan Lochte stories than watch a minute of Little League World Series. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, everybody's stuck with Olympics. Uh, the Lochte story is that that's the only thing they have to go with. That's it. The and, only reason I care about Little League World Series is Daniel Monte came back now, said he was twelve again and pitched again. I'd like to see if he could throw another couple gems. The full goatee. Full goatee, full beer gut. You know, he was, what, 15 pitching against 12-year-olds? Just perfect game after perfect game. Now he's probably our age, mid-30s. Let's, let's ask Mo Vaughn if he remembers, like, his best <laughs> Little League game. You know, like, <laughs> let's do moon it. Moon shots. I, like, at 12, where was he hitting the ball? You can ask him anything you want. Yeah, How about I will. that? I'll, I'll get in on that. Uh, yeah, the Little League World Series going on, no Olympics. Yeah. And it's funny because I watched some of the closing ceremonies last night, and it's like – starring Bob Costas with a special appearance by the Olympics. I didn't watch like, it. So there wasn't a lot of, uh, there was enough, it was just there nothing was enough there. Costas. Mike Tirico's doing the play by play, but there's nothing worse than Mike Tirico doing play by play on the closing ceremony. I did see that there were a lot of empty seats. Yeah. So yeah. Brazil kept their, uh, they kept their promise to not show up to the games all the way till the end. And it's funny how everybody acts sad at the conclusion. Like, you know, this is one of the best Olympic games in recent memory. Could not disagree more. (laughs) It was there were were no fans. There were no fans there. You were completely immersed. I watched it every single day. Right, I I know for the last two weeks. Yeah. Besides the uptick in women from the U.S. winning gold medals and medals in general, and uh, Phelps with all the medals in swimming. The second week was completely boring. Yeah. There was, there was nothing, nothing that, that came the second week of the Olympics. 
And I watched like no Olympics. I tried, and every time I did, there'd be like speed walking on or ping pong. I I would have liked to see Usain Bolt uh, give everybody a, a show. It but. was so anticlimactic because you just—I mean—he's going to win. He's he's never lost. So, never. And and so they build it up, and they're like, "Oh, this American Justin Gatlin's going to—he's going to beat him this time." And it's like, "No, he's not. Come on." They've been they've been saying that about Gatlin for four years at least. Is it I mean, Gatlin or Gatling? Uh, Gatlin. All right, Gatlin. Yeah, like Loretta Lynn. But they need so they need that they need that war. You know, they need that yeah, battle. They, and I mean, he's like he's like the Charlie Huff of of sprinters right now. He's just been hanging on for years. Like he doesn't have his best stuff anymore, but he'll still get you a win two thirds of the time. Uh, I think Charlie was a closer in, at the end of his career, so I think he was. No, I think he started out as a closer. Oh, is that what it was? I think that's what it was. All right, and All then right. they moved so, him. So Gatlin, uh, this should be it for him. So we need new characters next time. Oh man, there was just a dearth of characters, wasn't there? They so, really had to they had to rely on the old standard names they, like Phelps and everyone else. They did, and and that's why I can't believe Phelps is done. I, I just assume NBC is going to throw a, a ton of money at him. So I, I love the uh, the Arizona airport interview. By the way, I mean leave the guy alone. Oh. He's been doing he's been doing interviews for his whole life, but particularly the last three weeks. You love know, love that. I love, love that whole that. incident where. Phelps just goes off. He clearly does not want to do an interview unless he gets paid. And at this point, you can't blame the guy. No. If you're not going to pay, him, to, why, why, would he, why would he do it? All he wanted to do is get a shave in. You know that yeah. feeling. He's at the airport. He's got his oh, wife God. or whatever she is and baby with him. You just want to get home to your bed. And you don't even know what you want to do. You just want to get there. He's been flying and doing interview, you know, press conferences and all that garbage. So... Uh, all right, so that's our that's our quick Olympics recap. Um, let's get to Mo. Let's call him. Let's see what's going on with this new clothing line. And, yeah, call uh, it in. Bust bust out another interview. Let's do it. I'm just gonna start recording now. I hope. Please this works. announce yourself. Joe Kinsey. Paul eighty. <laughs> so kids, boy. Hey, is this uh, Mo Vaughn? They're coming at you, Mo Vaughn. What's Hi. up? What's up, gentlemen? We didn't think we could even get into this on Skype, so you're lucky. You're lucky we're even talking to you today. <laughs> what are you guys Skyping for? You're supposed to be on a phone call. We are. This, this isn't oh. the '90s. No, nah, man. Landline, Mo we're Vaughn. Straight 2016. <laughs> 2016 oh, coming man. at you. What's, what's up, Mo? Oh uh, man, I'm on. I'm, I'm on. I'm in LA, so uh, I'm two, three hours behind you. But it's nice out here where I'm at. Nice. So tell us about the clothing line, MVP Collections, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple of things. You know, I I've had this thought for about three years. You know, and I've I've kind of kept it quiet. Until I was able to 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 get with Diane. Diane's a you know a family friend. She's been in the business you know twenty plus years, um, and I knew that I had a had a concept, but I wanted to get with get with the right person who wouldn't steal my concept, but also you know had the had the smarts and the wherewithal to take you know my ideas and you know, get this thing rolled out, but. Basically, I, I, I look at this as something where I'm the customer 
and I'm a customer because I'm able to go out and look for certain clothing styles and and you know denim styles, but they were really weren't there. But for me, you know, I had the disposable income. You know, I was, I was actually very very lucky to to get in the to the affordable housing real estate game. You know, in 2003 when I retired. Um, and that's all about giving back and helping the less fortunate. And I was just thinking about how, you know, guys who, you know, need a two, three, four, five X teams, you know, you know, 30, you know, 38 to, to, to 50 had nowhere to go. So I was able to, 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 to price point this thing at, you know, 58 bucks of a premium, you know, premium tea, 208 bucks of premium denim. Um, and it's a lifestyle look, and it's, um, I'm trying to make it affordable for the average guy. Um, but I'm actually the customer, and that's where it came from, was from me looking around different, you know, different stores, different, you know, online, you know, you know, things that just weren't there. And this is how we got here as quickly as we have. Mo, what, uh, have you have you been wearing these clothes? Are they? You haven't had. Have you been out wearing these clothes to the clubs, LA in particular? Well, we just went to the Liberty Show, which is a which is a you know a, a, a trade show where we get out and, and we're able to you know put our clothes in the booths. You know, got to remember it's we've been out basically online only. You know, econ for two solid weeks. We call a lot of traction at this Liberty Show. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, lots of you know smaller, smaller companies, some bigger companies, some companies from 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 you know from the UK looking at you know our line. Right? You know, when I when I wear the stuff, listen, the, the stuff is is fit fit to my spec. Um, but when I wear the stuff, it's noticeable, and people know that the stuff looks good. It's sharp. It, uh, it, 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 you know, it gives, it gives a customer, you know, a button down look, gives them a t-shirt look, it gets them a premium denim motor jean look, you get a, you know, a, uh, <clears throat> a athletic fit where you can, you know, we're working on putting a blazer with this, with this look. And we also have an athleisure wear, um, where we got some nice sweats, some, some nice, um, uh, different, different, um, uh, types of sweats and 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 uh, what am I thinking about, Diane? Right now, the, um, well, well, what we've tried to do is go after the better fabrications in terms of like right, exactly. where you have the active wear going. Um, we the athleisure, which is you know bringing in the higher grade of French terry, the higher grade of fleece, kind of taking the whole athleisure effect and what's going on with like a kit. So taking that interpretation and bringing it to this customer, so it's not just a regular you know, pull on drawstring jogger and just the regular sweatshirt. So, and, and, and our see, stuff, our fabrics yeah. feel great. You know, our fabrics feel great. Our jeans, you know, if you touch our, if you touch our, our line, it feels good in your hand. You could tell it's, 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 it's good, good material, good feeling. And it's, it's, it's going to look good too. You know, it's, it's all creating a lifestyle brand. So it's how do you take the day and tonight? And I know there was a question, is uh, Mo, has he wore his stuff in the clubs? Yes, actually. In Vegas, he wore it <laughs> the entire time we were there. 
And, um, you know, from a coated jean that looks like leather to like a camouflage, you know, shirt tail hem t-shirt, which, you know, camouflage is in. We have the camouflage. If it's, you know, a, a, a slider jean, which we call a slider, which is a destruct jean, you know, we have the destruct jean in, in two premium washes. The moto jean, which is, you know, the big push right now and a little more of a slim cut. You know, we've already started shipping. Customers are flipping that the fit is amazing. You know, it has stretch in it. You can move. It feels great. The quality's there. So that is kind of what we're trying to do is kind of be the on-trend brand for this big and tall guy that has not had the options that wants to feel cool, but yet, you know, it's affordable. And that's kind of the idea here, and we're trying to create a lifestyle brand. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Do you have anything for like a really lazy guy? Like maybe I've just been lounging around. I got some nacho cheese on my shirt. I mowed the yard. I want something that nobody can tell what I've actually been doing all day. And I want to just step out to the club. Is there anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can't go out. You can't go with nacho cheese to the club, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, can't, you can't do that. But if but you want to switch, if you want to switch to some nice, you know, destruct or some coated or you know, some, 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 an athletic fit that, you know, you, or a moto fit, we got it for you. There's no doubt about it. But it's dark in the club, Mo, and all the ladies just want some of this money. Let's just throw some money at them. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You guys, you know, listen, I understand the money is one thing, but you got to look good too. You're going to be looking sharp on our stuff. There's no doubt about it. Mo, any, any uh, athlete friends of yours that are uh, wearing the, wearing your clothes nowadays? Right now, you know, we're about to send some stuff to uh to the Palti brothers, you know, or two centers that uh play in that play that that for the in the NFL. Right. With Pittsburgh yeah. and Miami. I made a special, you know, right now we're working on you know, listen, we gotta the, the main thing about this whole thing is is that we gotta listen to the customer. And that's why we did an econ. We didn't want to go up and start, you know, taking this thing retail yet because we wanted to listen to, you know, certain lengths, certain this, certain that. Like like one of my one of my best friends is Fred Thomas. We're about to make a, a special cut length for him. So we're we're trying to listen to to find out, you know, you know, we don't know we don't know everything. Listen, I know I got a good concept, but we know we gotta tighten this tightness tighten this up and listen to what the customer wants. And I think, you know, by going on e we're able to do that is is find out exactly where to, where to where to you know where to hit this thing in the bullseye. So we know what we got but, you know, we, we just got to keep listening and keep learning and understanding the process. But I think we're right on talking with the fact that there's really not much out there that's benefiting this guy. Well, Mo, one thing that's interesting about this venture and, and all the ventures, you've actually been really involved since you retired. You started several different businesses, a trucking company or in real estate. And this is sort of just the, the latest entrepreneurial effort why have uh why have you been able to keep all your money when so many athletes end up broke after the fact listen you know i i've been very fortunate i got good partners look at diane you know i you know diane i diane guy come together i got someone that actually knows how to take ideas i got a lot of good ideas and but you got to get with good people i got one you know you know my latest venture with diane you know, not only, you know, does, you know, she understands, you know, the, the, the game, but she can take the ideas that we have and make it into to, to, to the business that we want. I mean, even, listen, we're going to stay trendy. Whatever is new and coming up, we're going to be the first ones to get it out there. There's no doubt about it. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be ahead of the game. We're going to be ahead of the game. You know, we got another, 
you know, style that's coming out in another, you know, f- you know, four to six weeks or three to four weeks. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but we're going to be ahead of the game. When I got into real estate, I took another partner, a partner of mine, you know, that, that really understands, you know, the business and we've been able to grow that. So it's just for me, I've been for me and I'm not talking about anybody else. And I don't really know what else happens with other people, but for me, it's the partners that I've been able to pick that have been good, solid people. They've been trustworthy, worthy, and they know what they're talking about. And that's why I've been able to be successful. Mo, let me, are you still in the trucking business? Yeah, I'm in the trucking business. I love that. I love that you were just in the trucking business in Cleveland. And I, I'm still, I'm still in it. Yeah, that's still what I mean, but, that business as we speak. But when people hear that, they're like, "Man, that's odd." How in the world did you get in the trucking business? Well, for me, I, I look at needs. Well, when I got into real estate, it was in need of affordable housing in the New York City. When I when I did my transportation business, I looked at that as a fail-safe business. And it's something that my family's been into out of Virginia for a very, very long time. So when I, you know, when I moved to, you know, when I moved to Ohio, um, I was able to, to get into that. And then, and then I've, I've been working that. When I looked at this whole uh, MVP collections, I looked at a need. I think there's a need for this. I think there's a, there's a market for this. So I, I, you know, I jumped the gun and started this. So that's how I look at it. It's not necessarily, uh, I just look at what I, you know, what I'm doing in my life, what I like to do and how that fits. You know, does any of that fit for, for, you know, the man or, or, or the woman or, 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 or anybody that's, that's working with me. That's how I, how I make my choices. You live in Ohio, Mo? Oh, yeah. He's an Ohio guy. I live in, me. Uh, listen, listen, listen. I live in lovely Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. We are world champions, so I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah, I'm in Ohio. Before it was I'm in cool. Ohio, Mo. You're an Ohio, you're an Ohio guy? Yeah, I'm in Ohio. Joe could be your neighbor, yeah, I live in, I live in, uh, I live in Gates Mills, Ohio. I live just outside Toledo, so we're like neighbors. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I know what that is. We're going right up 80. <laughs> yeah, I live right on the turnpike in Perrysburg. I know what that is. I know exactly what that is. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're like we're like neighbors. It's good to hear from another Ohio guy. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. You know, one question I had, Mo, in, during your your run with the Red Sox when you guys were really hot. Speaking of Cleveland, you kept running into the Indians and they kept bouncing you guys from the playoffs. What's the deal in a scenario like that? Like, why weren't you guys able to beat them? Was it a chemistry thing or what? Is it just no, like we just won? We just we just won as good. I mean, listen, the reason why, if you take the teams, you know, if you look at my years at the Red Sox in the nineties, who do we lose to? Yankees, better teams. Indians, better team. When we, you know, when when I when I left the Red Sox, you know, by the time I retired, two thousand four, the Yankees, the, the the Red Sox started, you know, competing with the with the Yankees and these other teams because they the, the talent was there. You know, you you take. You know, David Ortiz, you put, you know, many, many Ramirez behind him. You add, you know, a couple starts with Pedro Martinez. Now you got a, you got a squad. We just won that. We just won as good, period. That's all. And the Indians, they should have won the World Series that year. They did it. They had yeah. a great team. I've been, I've been playing against those guys since, since the minor leagues. They've been great a long time. Mo, I have a baseball question, and only because the Little League World Series is on. Do you remember just having one of those games where you just went like four fifty on a Little League pitcher? Uh, anything like that back in your uh, back in your Little League days? 
I gotta say this. I hit 33 home runs in a little league season. <laughs> in like 12 games. How many games, Mo? <laughs> and I have, and I had like this. I, had, you know, I remember I had this this red aluminum bat, and I was just, I was just hitting stuff deep. It was. I hit 33 home runs in a little league season. That's that's all I can. That's all. That's all I can say. I don't, I, I don't really know the distances, but yeah, I hit 33 home runs in a little league season. Did they have to like shut you down? You were just too dominant. No, you know they they kept pitching. It was they kept pitching, and, and when they pitched, I hit it. You know, <laughs> I right, my get in I another beat. one more question, Paul. Get in there. No, Mo, I got to ask you about right. your playing career. I think people forgot how dominant you were for about ten years with uh, with the Red Sox and the Angels. What was it like during that time period? Were you just taking it for granted when you were going up there and just stroking? You're hitting 300. You're hitting 35 home runs, 100 RBIs every year. You just expect it after a certain point. It just happens. I'll tell it it like this. People forget about me because I I tell Diane this, you know, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to understand the media after I made all the mistakes in the media as a player. I was such an irritant in Boston. You know what I mean? I, I really was, you know, I just, I didn't really take any. Talk. I didn't really take any any shit from any any, any reporters. I I just basically told it like a, like it was, and I think that in a lot of my a lot of my career overlapped what I could actually do. But if you look at my numbers over a five year period, there's nobody in even Red Sox history that has numbers that I have. Period. Everybody. You know, and, and, right. or we could just we can match those numbers up against Jim Rice, David Ortiz. And, and you know Yastrzemski and Ted Williams, and, and I'm right there in that in, in that in that gap. I think for me, I just I just I think all my all my mouth at times overshadowed my career. But I was a good player. I was a dominant player. I knew I could play. I knew how to hit. I came to to work every day. I came to the ballpark to play hard ball every day. That was my mindset. I came out there. I didn't, you know, I didn't sit against the Randy Johnsons. I faced the toughest guys every day. And I played 155 games a year. And that was it. You know what I mean? I put up my numbers. So that's how it was. But, you know, I, I came up, you know, old style. Old style. Um, I was raised by Cecil Fielder, George Brett, Paul, you know, Cal Ripken, Don Mattingly, um, you know, Gantner, Lou Whitaker. I was raised by those guys, you know, the guys that, that played the game the right way. And that's what we did. And that's how I came to play the play the play the game each year. Paul, that's yeah. one of, that's a that's that's about all you can say, right? Right. I mean, ninety five your MVP season, Mo. You have thirty nine dongs, one hundred twenty six RBIs. You hit three hundred. You also had eleven steals and three triples. And you basically you had a better year the next year and finished fifth in the MVP race because of these crazy home run numbers that other guys were throwing up. But you're right. I mean, even if you get into the Angels' time, you were still, you know, one of the premier power hitters in the game, and and uh, you deserve your props. I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, listen, I don't know why things happen. You know, you got to remember when I fell in that dugout in '99, and you know, the first play of the game against the Indians was so weird, right? I mm-hmm. fall down the dugout, and my career, I never, and I, I landed on my left knee and ankle, and I was never the same. And you know, me being lefty, mm-hmm. I needed to sit back on that left knee, and I. And I know it was the same last year. Five years later, I was out of the game. But things happen for a reason. Um, I've been very fortunate since then. And, you know, uh, I'm into uh, I'm getting with good people. Like I told you, with, you know, you know, Diane and myself and, and 
we're uh, we're rocking and rolling, and we're going to continue to do this. Paul, it's time. Mo Vaughn is coming. This is a comeback, right, Mo? You're going to be out and about. I don't know if it's a comeback or just you know, or oh, if it's just you know, recognizing you again, the younger generation. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I I I guess so. You know, um, I met a guy over here, you know, at the Liberty Show, and he said something to me. He goes, "I remember Mo, you were playing with." With the Mets back in 2000, and you threw me a you threw me a baseball over the dugout, and this is the same kid that was like that we were working with to do our Liberty Show. So <laughs> really, I tend to I tend to think that you know being nice to people, you know, my whole life in terms of uh, you know every every day has has helped us, you know, through some things that we didn't even know about going forward, and then that's 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 what we just, I just you know. Try to be a good guy and and, and see what happens. Yeah, and and hopefully, it all works out. And now these That's young it. guys can look up to you. You you've had a hell of a career in business outside of sports. Yeah, you're like you're like the first one that really went in and start like really big doing big things in business. A lot of these guys just go well, on vacation. Well, I I could go on vacation. Well, you know, it's just uh, not you. I always want to be moving, style. doing something, and it's just not my style. Yeah. Just you know, right. you might as well get up and go to work and try to produce something. That's that's what we're doing. Well, right. Paul, let's uh, let's 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 let Mo go and do his business today. He's got clothes to sell, and uh, oh, sounds like it. business is about to start. It's about to start booming. <laughs> I'm going to check the line. I'm going to look man. for something with the nachos that goes with my nacho stain. And no, no nachos, bro. No nachos. You know, listen, no nachos. But, All guys, right. listen, call me up. Let me know if you need something else. I appreciate you taking the time, man, and, and, and uh, I hope the story works out well. But I, but I appreciate you taking the time. All right, Mo. Love Thanks Mo. a lot. Thanks so much. Thank you both. All right. See you All later. Thank you both. Thank you. Paul, that's uh, that's Mo Vaughn, and you you pointed out that five year stretch in the '90s where he absolutely destroyed the baseball, and it's yeah, it's he didn't need the steroids. He didn't even you know you don't you don't hear people going oh Mo Vaughn must have been on PEDs. You you don't hear that. You look at some of the other guys, his constituents, some of the guys that beat him in that MVP race in '96, and you'll hear the whispers, but people forget. He was the best left-handed power hitter in the game for at least five years. Massive, just. You know, I, I mean, a, would there even be Big Poppy without I, Mo Vaughn? No, and that's why I don't think people they give Poppy all like he owns Boston, but right. I, and I did. I sh- I wanted to ask him if if there's if there's bad. You don't hear about Mo Vaughn and Boston, and I don't know whether there's bad blood there still or what's going on. But you don't hear a lot about Mo and Boston in the same sentence anymore. I think they're both happy to be done with I, each other for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know all the and, details. But it sounds. I mean, he's he sounds busier than than anybody. When we've talked to some people that are busy, right? This he's, guy's got he's, th- he's got three businesses going right now. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but what he was talking about when he talked about his first game with the Angels when he fell down the dugout stairs. That's really what derailed – it sort of derailed his career long term. He he would play in the next two years in Anaheim and hit like 30-plus and have 100-plus RBIs. But his first game, he was trying to catch a foul ball and ran into an opposing dugout and hurt himself. And that, that sort of led to a premature end. But Well, and then he went – when he went to New York, they gave him this huge money. And you look at mm-hmm. what he made in New York. His last two years, he made $17.2 million a year. 
And that had I don't I don't know where he I don't have the list in front of me, but he had to be top five in in, in baseball in salary. That had I think to be. his deal. I think his deal was the richest in Major League history All at right. the time. That I makes sense right. because that is a staggering number in two thousand three when he uh, well he, he, when he first started with the Mets. It looks like he was under an old contract, but that those final two years are in, incredible. The so. other thing about about him as a businessman that's interesting, it's not like he took his personal brand and leveraged it to be good at businesses that couldn't fail. It's not like he's LeBron James starting this reality show for entrepreneurs that can't fail. He was totally under the radar, like doing real estate in New York, you know, the trucking company yeah. in Cleveland. It's it's not like he was just sort of grafting, if you will, off the name of of his based on his personal brand. Or like start a restaurant, you know, the cliche things that that yeah. athletes do. Uh, right. I like how he said he fi- he wanted to fill needs, and he he thought those were foolproof business plans, and he was he was spot on. He right. fi- he filled a need, so uh, that that's a good one. I know we always good say stuff. that, but uh, another another an- great interview, another great one. And Another. I like how I like how he kind of went off the rails there for a little bit. And what about uh, the nachos? Yeah, I mean he he mixed it up a little bit, and he was know, ready to have fun. Well, again, like Joe kid. Horn, like Joe Horn. Yeah, he's out of baseball. He doesn't, you know he he doesn't he doesn't care to drop an f bomb here or there or whatever. And, he's not uh, worried about plain language, right? He, he's selling clothes. He's not selling uh, his services to Major League Baseball. He's not some coach or something. And, no. it, and it sure looks like he doesn't need to get back into baseball. That, that's, an, that's another thing. A lot of these guys become hitting instructors or whatever, and they got to be around the game. He just, he just disappeared. And it's, I, it's, that's a, a great point, too, is like his identity is not totally enraptured in baseball. It's yeah, not like, yeah, right. It's, I mean, it's always sad. Like I, I just read via Facebook trending today that Dwight Gooden's in rough shape. And I had watched that documentary about doc and Daryl right over the last month or so. And, and you could tell he was everything about him and his identity was tied to that two or three year run with the Mets. He had nothing else to sad. go on. He had nothing else to go to live on. He hadn't invested in himself in any other way. And it's cool to talk to a guy like Movan, who's got a lot of a lot of plates spinning, as they say. You know, I talked to a guy forty one last week, and I said we were interviewing Movan, and he's a sports fan, and he said who, and I was like, wow, that is amazing, wow. I, and wow. I couldn't believe it, and I, I don't know, but that's it is interesting. Mo just he just goes about his business, and he doesn't need to be connected to sports. You, no. don't, you don't see him on ESPN promoting his clothes. You don't, no. you know, you don't seem like buying a spot on Shark Tank to get his clothes on there. And uh, right. you know what I mean? Like, like some of these yeah. guys, they'll buy a placement, right? They'll they'll get in there and and purchase a spot to be on a show. Mm-hmm. But you don't see like Move On Trucking reality show. No, who wants to be the next CDL driver? <laughs> right. Move on. And, and what did he tell us? How many home runs in Little League? 33 in a season? 33 in a season. <laughs> 33 <laughs> home runs in a season. You know you're only playing like 15 games. Right. You're like playing two a week for, what, seven that. weeks? Extrapolate that out to a full baseball season. He would have hit about 400 home runs. Oh my God, he's just this season. He's just hitting. He was hitting three a game. It's all. It's it's crazy. Two two three a game. So 
when he said that, I immediately envisioned that footage of when Andy Reid was a boy yes. and he was in that punt pass kick contest <laughs> and he looked like a monster he's like compared six, to all the other. He's like 6'3", yeah. 220. <laughs> and he's 12. <laughs> and the kids are just, they're trying, but they have no real chance. I wonder if that was what oh, Mo Vaughn was like. You know Mo was way bigger than everybody else. He was like the size that he was as a man at like 11. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you watch the little league world series and every year there's the one kid who's like six two two twenty, Right. He does. He benches, benches 225, 15 times more than his even age. Yeah. And you know how they're allowed to turn 13 at some point and be on the team that the kids got like a full goatee. It's better than my facial hair and I'm 36. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these kids get are, Danny Almonte out there. Uh, I, out there. I'm gonna have to go back. I, I wrote that story about Danny Almonte uh, a couple years ago about where is Danny Almonte, mm-hmm. and it was it was wild the amount of people that wanted to know where he was at, and the yeah. the story. I got to dig that up because he he was just kind of on Facebook, just kind of living his life, right? And some of the stuff was just crazy, like plays in random baseball leagues and just can't give up the game. So right. there's a they 30 a, for 30. I want to see. Was, I was just going to say that they did a 30, 30 for 30 on him and he actually got a college scholarship. Wait, he, they did. They did a 30 for 30 on him. Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. I not see this? When, yep. h- how long ago? Oh, geez. Years? I think it's at least two years old. Oh, okay. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it's, so that, yeah, 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 that's, uh, that's move on. And, what else do we have coming up? We uh, it, we're kind of running out of guests, but we have other people that we, we want to talk to. I don't think we're running out. We've well, got no, several. No, what I mean is we haven't lined up many as of this week, but that changes instantly. You know how these things go, Joe. You get an email, suddenly the whole machine has to come to life. Like we know at some point next week we're going to be talking to former NFL defensive MVP Sean Merriman. I forgot about that. And that's, AKA lights out. Yeah, so that's a pretty good guess yeah we also know that at some point in the next week or two we're going to talk to nfl legend randy cross current broadcast broadcaster yeah we gotta line that up line that up so we'll talk some football we're trying to get abby hornacek on the show jeff hornacek's hot daughter who's working for like nba tv or something right um but you're not allowed to say she's hot you're not allowed we can't say she's hot (laughs) you gotta keep it professional that's really what's holding that up at this point is us saying that abby hornacek is hot which we would never say. I wouldn't say it. I won't I say it wouldn't. to any. Marnie came on and I wasn't like, your voice is hot. Ooh, speak, and she is hot too. Speaking of Marnie, she loved the show and wants to come back on. So we need to set up a call in. All right, that's awesome. Again. Uh, yeah, so we. Oh, wait, we also have the, the giveaway. The uh, Cristiano right. Ronaldo has come out with a signature blanket. Um, they sent me one. It is to die for. It's like laying on a cloud. It's like two blankets stitched together. It's amazing. Um, we're going to be giving one of those away okay. to a Milk Clock podcast listener. All right. We, we got to get a, a call in going. We do. Again. And we do. And, and you know what? I, I, ha- I played golf this weekend with BC listeners, and a lot of them were like, you know, you, I, you have a podcast? We did, they didn't know. So we're still getting the word out there. And I would like to get them to call in. And yes, we got some young ones. We got some, you know, we have all over the place. So I had a, I had a weird, a weird podcast encounter over the weekend. I was at a local watering hole, just hanging out. 
And a dude came up to me who I went to high school with, who I hadn't seen in probably 20 years. He's like, oh, dude, I listened to the Marnie podcast. It was great. I was like, really? Like, that's, I guess, the magic of Facebook. We must be friends on Facebook and not even know it. And, uh, you know, there's so he heard it. He, he went in and listened and got some advice. He got some advice. He said the person, the caller that he most closely related to was Dan from Algonquin. <laughs> um, the, you know, yeah, the one that can't stop thinking about sex with other women, even though he's married. Seven months into his marriage, he can't stop thinking about uh, sex with other women. Uh, and yeah, I have questions for Marnie too. Like, when when can he expect that to stop? Like, when when do you have thoughts, or when do you stop having thoughts about having sex with other women? I mean, does she have a doctorate? Can she even does she even diagnose that? I I'm willing to let her try because she knows what she's talking about. I mean, listen to the knowledge on that podcast. She got knowledge everywhere. Yeah, that was probably a podcast award winning. Uh, you know, it's going to win awards. It's in all the major contests. It's uh, if iTunes would ever approve us, <laughs> then uh, we. You know, I should chunk. I should check my junk mail. What are yeah. the odds? What are the odds? Google sent Apple's email to the junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, what do you mean? They they love each other. It's just a friendly rivalry. Right. They'd never do anything to hurt the other one. Right. So let's right. uh we'll we'll regroup and maybe we'll uh maybe we'll give that uh we'll give that blanket away. Let's get some callers in here. Let's get some callers in. Let's maybe we do a live call in with Sean Merriman. Is he too volatile? Uh, shit, I don't think he cares. Ask him <laughs> though. You better ask him first. Yeah, don't pull a certain yeah. You better whatever. ask him. So. Don't want to just have someone on known for one thing, and then when you're about to have them on, they tell you that they can't be asked about that one thing they're known for. Right, right. Hate to do that. To don't want to do that. So no. uh, let's wrap it up. Another milk the clock podcast. We're uh, we're getting close to football season, so things are going to start ramping up. Uh, college football this Friday. Hawaii Cal in Australia, I believe. So, oh, 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 a lot going on there. You know what? People don't even care. They just want football. They just want to slurp it up, you know. Just want they'll football. Just, whatever preseason Roger Lord Goodell throws at them at their feet, they'll pick it up well, and I mean, eat it right off. College football, so I know. But, but yeah, you're right. Still. All right, my phone's going off, so I'm going to hang up, and uh, that's it. We're out.